0: athlete's secret weapon. I'm not the power in your mind. This is the pledge to hear from sporting champions. Sit back, listen, and release the champion in you. Yes, uh awesome, awesome podcast today. I've got an amazing man. He's a very humble man. Uh so he's not going to talk himself up, so I'll do that for you. Uh, yeah, retired professional baseball player Dave Nielsen. Catcher for the US major leagues, Milwaukee Brewers for what's it, eight seasons, nine yeah, eight seasons, yeah. ninety-two to ninety-nine. First Australian playing in the all-star game in ninety-nine. Okay, here's some good stats. Right, we've got 789 hits, 105 home runs, an Australian 2008 Hall of Famer for baseball. Yeah, spot on. Hey, how's he going? How's sofa, this? Yeah. Brisbane Bandits player. He's also a two-time Olympian back in 2000, and, yeah, 2000, 2004. 2000, 2004. 2004. Sydney and Athens, yeah. Sydney and Athens. Currently coach of Brisbane Bandits since 2014. And just been there myself to watch some of these games and just secure the fourth national title. And I believe that's the first in, is it Australian history? The four yeah. Four titles in the row? Um,
1: I believe so. Yeah. Again, that's not my, my uh, lane to research all that, but, yeah. but some people have said that to me. It's the first...
0: Uh, First time that's happened, so pretty brilliant, pretty uh, mm-hmm. an exciting to be part of that. And four in a row, so they're going for five this year, so <laughs> yeah. no, no pressure. And we'll get to pressure and mindset very shortly. Yeah. Uh, what else we've got? We've got, yeah, um, and yeah, basically four titles in a row, and just to fill in your spare time, now the manager of the Australian national team. Yeah, baseball. yeah, have been doing that since uh, July of 2018. 2018. 2018, yeah, perfect. So this podcast is all about mindset, so I'm just going to kind of delve into Dave's mind to kind of see where. This goes, because I've caught up with him once before, just had a quick chat and a coffee, but it's not until you meet the people then and you do the research and you go, wow, that's just incredible, because success that people have is really driven, and and it's very, to some extent, a lot of elite athletes are very selfish towards what their goal is and very tunnel visioned. Yeah, absolutely. But everything is now, it's all about sharing, so please, (laughs) Dave, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so give us a bit of a rundown on you growing up, because that's obviously how you got into baseball to start with. Yeah, well, getting into baseball wasn't really a, a choice I made. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm uh, from a big family, sporting family. i got three older brothers. Um, yeah. And growing up in Brisbane, my dad was an avid sports person, really good himself. Yeah. So um, the choices to play sport weren't as great. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much a rugby league, cricket. Um, that was really about it, but uh, I think dad... Stumbled across baseball and yeah. and uh, he kind of went on that journey of chasing that himself and then and then building clubs and starting the whole baseball okay. scene here in, in Queensland. So I think part of it in the eighties or seventies and eighties and sixties for him was mm. there wasn't much baseball, which probably made it more attractive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're a typical sporting family, played all things,
0: and then yeah. then our baseball was just kind of the thing that we just we just loved. Yeah, and you obviously that love of it allowed you to be that successful. Did you kind of aim to become major league player overseas or is it just that you just found this passion and all of a sudden pathways opened?
1: Well, I don't think that you reached a pinnacle mm. by accident. I think at yeah. some stage of your journey you have to dream it and you have to yeah. um, want it. So it was no different for me. I think um, probably in my early teens, from mm. 14 or 13, it was like, wow, that would be... Cool, mm. great thing to do and then yeah probably around around 14, 15 sort of started becoming this thing I might chase yeah um again the world was a lot bigger back then mm. um, so it's like you know major league was just wasn't really on the radar yeah um but fifteen sixteen I started to physically mature and mm. have a start to have a bit of success against um, my age group and then sixteen started to have success against um the adults yeah which which um yeah, it was really empowering as an athlete. Yeah, and so uh, obviously, then then as an athlete, as a young kid, you, you always you know want to start thinking about what mm. you could do and what you could achieve. And yeah, and for baseball, um, you know, it was playing over here in the the and Shield, and then mm. possibly doing something overseas. But yeah, but as I said, it hadn't been done before. And yeah. um but it was, it was definitely something I thought about a lot. And then. Then uh, the opportunity presented itself. I turned 16, 17 mm-hmm. and really started dominating uh, over here. I won the award when I was seventeen for the best player in Australia. Yeah, well, playing yeah. against against the men, and at that time, um, you know, was seen by some talent scouts. And yeah. before I knew it, I'm seventeen years old, heading on that journey overseas. Loved, loved every loved yeah. loved every bit of it. Um, some
0: tough parts of it, but. Um, mm. Yeah. What, what, what yeah. do you think the tough parts were? Was it seventeen year old moving internationally to some unknown thing? Because we're just talking about social media before and thinking, it's just made the whole world so much smaller, but you can't get away with anything.
1: Yeah, I think I think a couple of things. I think um, social media. There's no mm. mobile phones. There's no faxes. There's no nothing. So when, yeah. when, I, when I was here six months, it was mm. it was literally I'll see you later. Yeah. Um, didn't expect I'd speak to my, my parents maybe once every two weeks. Mm. Um, just because you couldn't afford to phone, phone, uh, bills, international phone calls back then were prohibitive. they were so expensive. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. so it was, it was like this, um, I'm leaving, I'm going to the moon for six months. Um, <laughs> yeah. you might read about me or I might, you know, speak to you every few weeks. Yeah. But that, that was really about it. Um, and so the tough parts of are, are that, just the human element, the, mm. the, you, you're still a kid, you're still a son and yeah. You miss your friends, you miss your family, and you, mm. you, you know you, you, you're growing up. You, you don't, you're not, you're not mature at seventeen, and oh, um, so funny. you're just going yeah. through that journey of of uh, being away from from family and friends and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And and you just, you know, you get through it. But it's yeah. that's the tough part of it. But the great part of it was you, you're playing professional baseball mm. for me, yeah. um, and I knew I was a pioneer. Um, no, there's only one or two guys. Well, in this century, there's only one guy made the major league briefly before mm. I'd gone over and um, yeah so I knew I knew I had a lot of a lot of people following me yeah you know? so um, I was driven from my own desire to want to get there and mm. and uh, be good and and also I knew I I, I was representing a country so yeah. to speak so um, even though
0: you're an individual you're
1: still going oh, abso- absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. absolutely and sometimes sometimes at the, at the tough crossroads that would sort of get me over the edge to keep mm. me going and okay. um, yeah, yeah f- uh, kind of I took that responsibility kind of serious I think yeah um, yeah, and that was
0: it that was so that that's the tough part just, yeah, just the distance the distance involved yeah I would, I would have thought that that would have been it but it, it's, it's hard to know because every athlete I talk to every former athlete Olympian everyone is, is still very much the same they're very much uh, I just did it but yeah. Other people be looking at your story and be so inspired by the yeah. steps you've taken, but they don't know what they need to do next. and They just think there's this big, massive hill to climb, but it's just that one step at a time. Like you said, it just kind of evolved in, in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot more information
1: now mm. about uh, for athletes, for young athletes, yeah. you know, sports science, you know, nutrition, mm. um, and just what parts of the world look like. You know, you can mm. probably get on internet now and you could see every stadium around the world, every location, what yeah, things looks like. Point. Yeah. Um just simple things like that. Um it was just basically the unknown when I played. Yeah. What things looked like, what and what it looked like, yeah. where you go, how you do. And um you know, um yeah you had you know for me going overseas it had it had to be a, you know you had that bit of drive about you but mm. but you know I there was nothing else on my radar. That was all well, I wanted was to it. do. Yeah. That was that was my dream.
0: So y- you reckon that had Major impact in you that you just had that one single tunnel vision. You were going for it. There was no plan B, or would you have some backup strategy? No, somewhere? there was no plan B. Yeah, um, I wasn't interested. in the Plan B. <laughs> so um, no, I wasn't.
1: No, that was that was just it. That was just mm. what I did. That was yeah. just that was just what I did. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, you have to you have to um, know what you want to want to mm. try to achieve, and yeah. because for all athletes, as as we know now. Um, there's obstacles along the way. You, you're going to have major injuries. Yeah. Um, you're going to have major disappointments. You're going to have major mm. failures. That's That all goes into, um, you know, the life of an athlete. It's no mm. different from a normal person. They experience all the, the same realms. And, yeah. and as athletes, um, a lot of times when something goes wrong for an athlete, it's really magnified. Everyone's like, whoa. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just mm.
0: it's just a life experience that you've got to get through. Because I'm just looking at, you were a catcher, weren't you? So that's, if you've ever seen baseball, you literally crouched down behind yeah. a batter for what percentage of the game it's got to well, be at least 50% it's gotta, yeah it's got to so, be full on for your ankles yeah so, toes, so knees. It's, it's very
1: it's very physically challenging but your body your body um you know it gets in, mm. adjusted to it you get strengthened and you condition for that yeah. um, you know and you sort of run the game so i was i was fortunate as i got older I, I i was able to play multiple positions but
0: catching was my primary position Yeah, sure so with the catching i've done a bit of research i mean i Cover so many sports, but it's amazing when you just simply come down to focus on one. Yeah, the role of a catcher—it just for me going out to see you guys, Bandits playing this season. It's just you see someone catching the ball, but it's so much <laughs> more than that. It's I'm looking at it—you're the main strategist on the field. Yeah, so so in in game mm-hmm. you're basically the you know the
1: the, the manager of the team. Yeah. Um, prior to the game, there's a lot of research, a lot of discussion with. Uh, your head coaches or your mm. general manager, whatever it is, uh, yeah. about your opposition and about your pitches you're dealing with on that day and how that works and how you're going to defend them and how you're going to mm. pitch them. Um, so you take a plan out there, but yeah. but in the middle of of the battle, the catcher uh, has to make the ongoing decisions mm. on on how things are performing and what he's feeling, and what he's seeing. You sort of have you have pretty good uh, lead up going in, but mm. but there's a lot of variables. You got to you know. You have to decide on and make the tough decisions
0: yeah because from what I've read you've got not just keeping an eye on your team but you're directing the pitcher as to what
1: yeah well, so so the main part of catching is all about the other team mm. you know so because um, when, you're, when you're not on defence you're hitting so mm. everyone is involved in that but um, the main part of catching is, is getting your pitcher, mm. um, putting him in the best position to have success and yeah. and then having your defence in the best position to have success. And, mm. and as I said, a lot of advanced scouting reports go into that, but, mm. but in that moment, you're the one who is mm.
0: uh, given that responsibility to yeah. formulate that final decision. Because I would think you'd have to be very in tune with other people's behaviour as well, because you'd be picking up all the weaknesses as well from the batter, wouldn't you? Yeah, there's there's
1: abs- everything from where they put their feet, where they turn, mm. where they face the hips, and then you've got to uh, take into consideration your pitcher, mm. uh, his capabilities on that, not on the day, but on that pitch, on that yeah. moment, um, and where he's at. So there's there's a multitude of variables going mm. just one pitch, 10 or 15, 20 different variables that yeah. just become second nature. Um, and, and some people can, can um, learn to do that and yeah. some people can't.
0: Yeah, and I would think, because you would have been a pitcher fairly, uh, sorry, a catcher fairly early into your career, wouldn't you? Uh, a profes- so how, professional, how, professional career, yeah. Yeah. So how fine. does how does that suit as twenty year old, twenty two year old coming mm-hmm. in, and having to direct people that are potentially 35.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that's part of being in the minor leagues. Mm. Um, you mentioned I played eight league, eight years in, in the major leagues, but I, sent, yeah. I spent six, five and a half, six years prior to that yeah. in the minor leagues. So a lot of it is just learning your craft there, mm. um, and then when you get to the major leagues, I mean, there's so many things that are that can be overwhelming if you let them. Yeah. Um, but you're you're conditioned and you're taught very early the main responsibility as a catcher. Yeah. Um, and it's just part of that maturity of of Getting in the game and mm. and um, believing and knowing that what you've been asked to do as a catcher is irrelevant of the person's age
0: yeah. and experience. So it's more the position itself. Yeah, yeah. and um, so
1: that comes down to relationships. And sometimes, you know, I'm sure when I was younger, I'm sure sometimes I wouldn't say anything in, in mm. certain situations. And yeah. and uh, and that's all part of it. When 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 you've got a veteran guy you're working with, you're, mm. you're obviously taking in consideration. Yeah. Um, what they're thinking, what they do. Um, but ultimately, when something happens or something goes wrong, um, they're coming to you. So mm. you learn that pretty early,
0: yeah, um, and then you just see whether you can do it or not. It sounds like a huge responsibility, but I, I guess that's where a lot of athletes potentially can fail as well because they're too busy looking at where they're going but not actually taking each individual game as a lesson to step up. A lot of them kind of see the big picture and go, well, this is what i got to do. I'll control them the game. Am I able to be at that level? But yeah, well, it all comes through experience.
1: Well, that, again, there's, there's a big picture when people look at catches. As you mm. said, from the outside, they, they kind of catch the ball, they throw it back. They, mm. um, but at the, at the very small level, it, mm. it's a pitch-to-pitch uh, yeah. understanding, and that that's on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Um, you know, so that's that's different from from most other positions on the field. Is you yeah. are you are pitch to pitch. You're making yeah. a decision, and sometimes it just flows. Sometimes mm. you get in a flow, and and the the pitch to pitch sequence happens really really mm. quickly. You identify yeah. stuff. Um, you can profile hitters certain ways. A lot of hitters you can profile. You learn their mm. their tendencies, their physical men, uh, mannerisms on how they act in certain situations, or what they're viewing and yeah. what their research is is. Uh, is. But um, but it's a
0: pitch to pitch sequence. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So, how did the obviously the major leagues influence through reputation name? How did that then influence the Olympic career as well? Because I believe you left over there, didn't you? To... Yeah. <laughs> well, um,
1: so so obviously being being from Australia, Olymp, mm. being an Olympic sport is a pretty big deal. And and you go back fifteen twenty years ago, um, most professional athletes weren't involved in, in Olympic sport. Yeah. Um, and well, well, there really wasn't many professional athletes twenty years ago. Yeah. Um. Part timers then weren't yeah, they? All all definition, the the yeah. Definition of an amateur. Yeah. So, so the Olympics was a totally different thing. And, and in '97, I think baseball uh, prior to '97, if you were professional, you weren't allowed to be involved in Olympics. Yeah. And it just kind of perfect storm. They changed that rule, and Sydney gets awarded the Olympics, and and um, just a different part of my career happened, mm. and and uh, a window opened up, and I found myself playing the Olympics in Sydney, which yeah. was was a fantastic experience. Disappointing with our performance. Mm. Um, but,
0: but, you know, the experience is, is really good. It was really good. Yeah, I guess one of those things, the home Olympics, I was actually down there watching some of the events. Um, I think the environment and how Sydney responded yeah. to that home Olympics yeah, was just incredible. Yeah. So to be part of that would have been. Yeah.
1: And then look, baseball's, baseball's different in the Olympics. Our, our event goes for 10 days. So other yeah. sports get to compete for a couple of days and enjoy the Olympics. Yeah. Um, that's one of the obstacles of of playing baseball Olympics mm. is is you, you can't really get you don't out get of, to enjoy the Olympics. Yeah, and, and you can be mm. distracted. And I would say we had a really poor performance in Sydney. It was a really poor poor performance, and I would just say it was overwhelming for a lot of players, a lot yeah. of part time amateurs, as you reference, mm. um, staying in tournament mode versus um, mm. just all the distractions of the Olympics in their yeah. home city. You know.
0: Yeah. So difference of obviously there plus Athens experience yeah. of it what needs Yeah. To be well, done. Athens,
1: Athens was more about correcting a mistake we made in Sydney. Yeah. Um, and there was a real commitment too. We were just going to go to a tournament. Yeah. Um, and there was going to be a lot of positive distractions, a lot of great mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And you just need to be able to balance you know, what the good distractions are and yeah. make sure that the good distractions don't become a bad distraction. And and you have to make commitments and everything from your your nutrition to your sleep to your yeah. what you're involved with. And as I said, we were. It was a ten day tournament in Athens, mm. so you know you you turn up and and you turn up as as a, an Olympic team, Australian Olympic team, and then the swimmers start, and it's all about the swimmers, and mm. um, you know they go for three, four, five days, and then they finish, and then it's all about the swimmers celebrating, and you know it's, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just how it works, and, yeah. and it's different sports. I, I mean, mm. I talk about the swimmers, but there's different sports as well um, that during our event mm. are always knocking on your door. Hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that, and. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it. It can be a very tough thing to balance, mm. um, and I, but I think we got that right. In yeah, Athens, obviously, and silver medal, silver, silver, right. silver medal. Which yeah. look, look, obviously, um, we put ourselves in a position to play well. Yeah, um, you know, and and we did play well, and, yeah. and we uh we we pulled out a performance. So mm. um, bitterly disappointed. It was a real conflicting moment for me. Mm. One of the most disappointing parts of my baseball career. Yeah, losing a gold medal. Yeah. And then yeah. then 20 minutes later, being up on a podium, having to celebrate a silver medal. So um, knowing the enormity of the silver medal, mm. but also knowing
0: the gold medal was just yeah. taken from us. So how did, how did you mentally deal with that? Because that's something that I guess the average person doesn't get to understand. We always hear that fourth place is the worst for the Olympics because you don't get one. <laughs> There's no yeah. medal. But obviously you've got that silver so there was it was a touching go either way. It was either silver or gold, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, look the the achievement of the silver medal was
1: monumental. Oh, performance. yeah, it's huge. So, yeah. as an individual, I sure didn't want to be the Grinch and mm. and um, you know shoot everyone down and take away their moment. Again, we talked about the role of the catcher, yeah, running the game. So I, I was catching that gold medal game. So mm. um, it takes a bit of time to to detox, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Um, so probably, I may have been the only one, but yeah, it was, it was, it was so enjoyable being mm. awarded a silver medal, being that put around your neck, and, and everything that went with it, and the anthem, and it's just a wonderful moment. Mm. Um, it was very conflicted inside, yeah, because, um, you know, it was, yeah, it was a lot. We like lost the say, game, like we lost the yeah, game. Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, we, we, you we lost, lost go the game all yeah. the
0: time yeah. the enormity of yeah, it, but so. you lost the game. Absolutely, so. <laughs> yeah, so moving on from that, we've gone into now coming back to Australia, family, getting into coaching. Yeah. Was it immediately straight from over there back into coaching or did it take a few years off to um, kind of reflect, review, refocus? I kind
1: of yeah. dragged out my playing a little bit. At the time, there was no Australian Baseball League here yeah. during that time. So um, I probably if there was Australian Baseball League, I probably would have played for another four, five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure in what capacity, but I absolutely would have played, but there wasn't. So it probably um, put me into coaching probably a little bit, yeah earlier yeah um and i you know I was involved in different parts of that for a while, and um I think it probably takes a good five or ten years to really get to really start to get to that place mm. where you feel you're yeah. really a coach within your own person and um you know things change once mm. once you sort of get to that point, you realize I'm a
0: coach all the relationships have changed mm. with players it, it then, then you have decisions to make on what you're going to do with that. Yeah, because we spoke before about that transition from player to coach. Yeah. I mean, some can do it incredibly well, and others, mm. they're too still connected to the friendship and trying yeah. to be everyone's mate. Um, obviously, for you, as you said, you just you did it because that's what you do, and to some extent, you had that leadership role on as a catcher anyway. Yeah, so I think I think the leadership role as a catcher really helped the transition. Yeah. Mm. Um,
1: it was just it was just life experience, just maturing as a yeah. person, and, and learning how to communicate better, yeah. I think was the biggest the biggest obstacle for me, was mm. um, learning how to take all of my experiences, all of my thoughts, mm. internally and
0: externally communicating. Yeah, because that's obviously the role of a coach now, isn't it, is just yeah. communication. As a team, individuals, internal, external... On Absolutely, just
1: communicating with all, all, the, all the individual athletes yeah. and deal, treat with them as people, individual people. Mm. There are times within a, within a team unit you have to you know, address the group as a team and have mm. some team boundaries. But yeah. outside of the, those few, few moments, you're yeah. dealing with individuals. Yeah.
0: So, so how you, as a player, were treated through coaches, is that what you've taken through? Or you've kind of mastered what you learnt, your process and what's best?
1: Well, I think you naturally, yeah, take away your experiences. Mm. But as you get older and you learn more about yourself, you, you probably throw a few of them out, and you, you listen a lot to what other people do, yeah. And that never stops. That mm. never stops. So I think I think yeah, I'm probably a different person now um, than when I started coaching. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I probably was a little bit rigid in some areas, mm. and uh, you know, as you as you mature as a coach, you. You learn to um, be a bit more flexible and
0: <laughs> uh, continue to grow. Hmm. Because you're obviously looking at them and going, look, that's who I used to be. Yeah. Where are they going to be? Treat one-on-one. And that was that's what I found. this. Um, when we had that first conversation, it was interesting because I said, look, there's so many coaches that would just basically go, well, this is it. This is the rules. I'm the coach. You're yeah. not. Do as I say. But there's a lot of pushback from a lot of athletes. But having been out to some of the games, I see there's a huge community and there's a great connection and a great culture within the actual team it's it's almost like you're still a catcher just standing over the side
1: yeah and again uh, underneath me i have a lot of coaches and mm. they all have different roles and and every one of those roles is dealing with individuals dealing mm. with people um and you, you work on the skill practice their preparation yeah uh, that everyone knows what they're doing but when it comes
0: down to dealing with people yeah and uh you're trying to get the the best performance out of an individual person. Mm. So, how did you do that for yourself? Obviously, you were talking about being the, I guess the, the, the leader as such of Australians going overseas. How did you path your own little way there? How did you keep yourself motivated? And, as a player, and, yeah, as a player, and then I guess even as a coach now. Well, as a player,
1: it never stops because you know to, to you're always being challenged on a daily basis. Mm. So, so you're always as a player, you're always trying to. Climb that mountain and get better and better yeah. and better and and achieve more and achieve more. So as a player, that wasn't really um, too much of an issue. Um, mm. You know, it's it's a good lifestyle. Um, so as a player, you know, once I sort of got towards the top, I sort of you know um, probably had some question marks about what I wanted to do yeah. next. But as as a coach, I mean, it just it's just a day to day thing. Yeah, you know, just um, that never stops. And I think as as a coach, you sort of have moments. I know I have where you just have to come to grips with it. is this what i do is this what i want to do is this what i'm good at doing have, yeah. I, have do i feel i'm having a uh, positive effect on everyone around me mm. and you just ask yourself those questions you ask people those questions and and then you know it comes down to team success as well and yeah and so while you believe while i believe i'm i'm contributing and and beneficial to <laughs> whatever
0: program i'm part of i yeah am excited to be a part of it oh, that's fantastic yeah so those who are watching, the man himself, Dave Nielsen. I'd like to, yeah, jump, just jump in there and thank you for that. Is there any, I guess, lasting bit of advice for any young up and coming athletes that they've got a dream, that they're just not sure of themselves? Is it what would you suggest? There is just,
1: yeah, I think a lot of young athletes like that. I think I think they have to understand failure is going to happen. Yeah, um, and you hear it all the time, but you are going to fail. You are going to experience injuries yeah. and. Um, you, you need to have a you need to have a long a long plan. Yeah. You know you, you you want to live in the now. Obviously you want to yeah. be passionate. Mm. You want to show a lot of energy and enthusiasm about what you're doing, um, and you want to be committed to being better on a daily basis, a weekly basis. Yeah. But you also need to balance that out sometimes, and realize you're not going to get selected, and you're going to have mm. injuries, and you're going to have downers, and, yeah. and that's that's all part of the athlete's journey.
0: Mm. And I guess it's in those challenges, the highs and lows, you actually build character, build strength, build resilience. So that's... Yeah, that's where you, that's where you, you, you find
1: out um, how much you really want to do what you want to do and mm. if, if this is the right path for me. And, and some people uh, cannot handle that part of being an athlete, which yeah. is totally understandable. Yeah. Um, you know because when you get injured or or you're scuffling you know it can be lonely sometimes so um, you know a lot of times you only have your own voice sometimes Um, but um, yeah you just you just got to get through it and there's just Mm -hmm. different stages of your growth where you you either just love it and you don't even think about it and don't Mm -hmm. even realise what you're doing or um, you know, sometimes you just need to reassess and make a decision
0: if you want to keep pursuing it. Yeah, fantastic. So, Dave, huge thank you for me, and I'm sure everyone listening listening slash watching out there. So, look, I'd just like to, yeah, massive thank you again, Dave Nelson, professional baseball player. Please go online and follow the Bandits. There's a huge journey for them <laughs> this year. The stepping up to do five, so it's it's massive. So look, we really appreciate your time. My pleasure, and, and everything you've contributed, not just for Australian sport, for overseas and Australian in general So thank, thank you. you, my pleasure, much. pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. And see you later. It's great. Hopefully,
1: you recorded it.
0: Thank you for listening to Stuart Walter and the Athlete's Secret Weapon Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to listen and learn. To connect with Stuart, find him at Stuart Walter ASW on Instagram, Elite Mindset Institute on Facebook. Watch these podcasts on Stuart Walter's channel on YouTube. If you have questions, would like the opportunity to work with him or to book him for events, email Stuart directly on Stuart at EliteMindsetInstitute.com.au. Music and voiceover provided by SLT Live Productions. More information at sltlive.com.